Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday. We made it to the halfway point. Got a big show for you today. I'm going to talk about a lot of topics. I'm going to go close to the third rail, but not grab it. <laughs> really? We're playing with fire in all kinds of ways today. For example, we're going to start off the top by talking about college debt forgiveness mm. because we want to. Yeah. And we, yeah. We, ha we have some feelings and we, we actually came up with two or three really good ideas, or I should say Molly came up with two or three good ideas. Uh, and then we're going to cover the most loathsome person in tech, Mark Zuckerberg, stealing from Be Real. Is anybody surprised? Is anybody disappointed? No, you know what you're getting into with Zuckerberg. He's just a thief. Speaking of the opposite of having good ideas, we are also going to cover the twiddle, the, the twiddle. We are the also going to cover the Twitter whistleblower and compare it in terms of impact to the Facebook files and Francis Haugen and just kind of start to maybe internalize the fact that social media is like a national security issue. Yeah, it's really dark. And this is uh, a deal. major breaking story. I think this will be for tech the story of the year. I'm, I'm I actually think that this is going to have downstream impacts that we are not anticipating. And then I'll wrap the news with an awesome new Series A climate company. Wet your beak. And then yum, yum. it is Wednesday. So Jason's going to wrap up the show with another edition of the Blueprint getting tactical. Yes. And coincidentally, I'm talking about whether you should go into debt <laughs> for college. And what if so, know? under what circumstances and how to actually do that? What do you know? It's going to be a great show. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Brave is an internet privacy company on a mission to protect your personal info online. Download Brave today at brave.com slash twist to browse faster, search privately, and so much more. All in a single click. Harmonic. Need to speed up your growth without speeding up your burn? Harmonic gives investment, sourcing, and sales teams data superpowers. Learn how Andreessen Horowitz, Kraft, Notion, Brex, and many more source better leads and qualify them faster. Get $4,000 off at harmonic.ai slash twist. And Visa. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? Learn more at visa.com slash small business hub. All right, everybody, it's Wednesday. Molly, we made it to the halfway mark. We're going to get this week done. We are going to get this week done, by God. We're going to do it together. Goals. The I think the crypto roundtable yesterday was awesome. I love it. Those guys are so smart. It's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, people are dunking on us. I went to the YouTube comments, which, you know, I, I'm really trying to build this YouTube community. <laughs> so I asked <laughs> now, Rachel... You're going to get hazard pay for this. I may get you an espresso I mean, machine for this. But Rachel, Rachel I want you hazard pay. If this starts put to on, become a hostile environment. because Put on your hazmat suit. Uh -oh. I got that. Uh, with the TWI startups. I want you to look at the comments every morning for but 10 minutes if possible. I want you to delete anything where they say, Molly is a Karen and then Jake Al's a fat bastard <laughs> with a receding hairline. Once you get yeah, through those, those, because that's about half the comments. Once you get through those comments. <laughs> Then I want you to tell Molly and I all clear, and then we'll come in. This should not be a job. <laughs> it should not be. Well, this is what Facebook people have to do. They literally have to go through the reporting it, stuff. Exactly. But. I mean, I remember like years and years ago, I'd seen that a bunch of us actually went, like there was this engagement effort around YouTube comments, which at the time, I mean, forget it, right? Like that was brutal. Worst. That's like worst what trolls the Facebook in moderators are doing now, like the worst stuff you have ever yes. seen. And we just straight up went to our boss and we're like, that's a hostile work environment. Like you cannot tell us to be in those comments. It is. Yeah. Appalling. So isn't there something legal happening? 
around Facebook moderators or YouTube moderators. I think the moderators all get traumatized. It's like being a detective and you're on like, God forbid, like the murder beat or kid murder beat. Yeah insurance they don't get covered which is total bs it's just horrible they're like what's the worst job in the company yeah let's outsource it to people getting paid 12 bucks an hour right and, and then not, not take care of them insurance. when they like, get ptsd really? because is, they're yeah this is when you know how horrible zuckerberg is as a human like i literally have met zuckerberg many times i'm not saying this to be a jerk or mean or dunk and i don't want to create another palmer lucky situation but you can judge people by their behavior i'm a fan of like looking at the behavior Mm-hmm. I can tell you everything you need to know about Zuckerberg just based on that. Zuckerberg yeah. is a horrible human being because he takes the worst job and he pays people horribly for it and then withholds benefits or does it with some outsourced company. Like own your own. If you created this detrius and this garbage in the world, like own it. Mm-hmm. Just own it and pay those people well. You know, I mean, come on. Right. Imagine. The, the worst 10% of every post that you've ever seen. Now imagine the 1% of that 10%. And that's all you have to look at all day. That's like out of Clockwork Orange when they pin the guy's eyes open. And yeah. they make them watch like horrible stuff that's happened in the world on video. Like it's going to burn your brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like seeing Game of Thrones. I finished that first episode. I, you know, now I'm like, I'm not watching am I going to watch the second episode I'm of this? I'm not watching that show. I mean, this is traumatized. I, mean, I, was, I literally felt traumatized note, after yeah, watching exactly. it. Exactly. I am not watching that. And it's been really, anyway, that's a whole separate conversation that we could have with Law and tomorrow, actually. Mm-hmm. We should have a conversation. Yes. Let's pin this because it'd be real interesting to talk about the reaction to that episode online. Absolutely. Before we get into the news, this is whole uh, brouhaha about uh, student loans. I'm curious your take on this. The brouhaha? Is there a kerfluffle? A kerfluffle. A kerfluffle. It's a kerfluffle happening here. Yes. It's, a, it's a Donny, yeah. a Donny Brook, if you will. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit of this on the blueprint later. But did you have student loans? Let me ask you a couple questions here. Did you have student yes, loans? I did. have Did you student pay loans. off your student loans? Eventually. Did it suck? Yep. Okay. Did you? It ruined my credit. There was a restructuring plan. It was a whole long. It was a night. It was a nightmare. Pain. It was a nightmare in my life for like. 10, 15 years. Got it. It sucked, but you worked your way through it. Uh, And you had a professional career, which allowed you to pay this down over some period of Mm -hmm. arduous time. Mm -hmm. This was tens of thousands of dollars in loans, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Low tens of thousands, 30, 40, 50, something in that range. Yep. We made like $5 too much to qualify for Pell Grants. So the grant, I mean, I'm interestingly, like I'm watching this and being like, "Oh, oh, you mean me? Yeah. You literally mean like so? I had ten k no money, and it was the only way I could go to school. And the student loan yeah. process, by the way, is super predatory and horrible. And the school treated us like like crap the whole time because you know. So it anyway, is predatory. I have a lot of and feelings. It's, well, about this is what loans. I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm teeing it up. Yep. So it's predatory. We know that mm-hmm. people have a hard time making these decisions, and school's just too damn expensive. Right. So then I look, at, but then I'm looking at. What Biden just suggested today, which is people making 125K or up to 125K, 250K in your household can get 10K for free mm-hmm. of their student loans. And I'm like, this seems profoundly unfair to me for the people for two reasons. Number one, there are people who didn't get to go to college. So mm-hmm. as hard as it was for you, and it was moderately hard for me, it was hard for me during school because I basically tried to pay it down while I was in school and it was mm-hmm. easy afterwards because I worked in 
IT, which happened to be the best career you could have in the 90s in terms of making money. Yeah. Fixing laser printers, pretty good beat. Working for Mike Savino, putting in networks. I mean, I, I instantly went to 50, 60 grand in yearly salary at the age of 22, Damn. you know, because yeah. I was in IT and I was good at it. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, they want to give 10K to everybody. I, I know everybody loves free money, but I just thought, this seems profoundly unfair to me. What about the people who didn't go to college? They're not getting 10K. And then if you're making over 100K to get 10K, or 250k in household income, that seems like a pretty, it seems like you could afford it. So like, I don't know, I just felt like maybe if we're going to give this relief, maybe it has to be for people who are making under 75k or under like half the amount or something. And then I thought, well, what about the people who paid it down, like I did, and you did, mm -hmm. who didn't get free, free 10k? And what about the people who didn't get to go to college? Wouldn't it be better to create a bunch of STEM nursing, trade schools and give that money there? So where do you fall in this argument? Because I'm looking at both sides of it. I yeah. appreciate that it's predatory. I appreciate that it's overpriced. But then I, I'm kind of tipping over now to the side of this feels unfair as constructed. Where do you sit, Molly? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, one, I don't, I'm not going to compare my experience to the experience of kids now. Because for as terrible, stressful, awful, and predatory as it all was, it's 10 times worse for people who are the age now that I was then. Like, it's college has gotten so much more expensive. Yeah, the loans have gotten so much worse. You know, like, I, what if it were me, I would have loved to see uh, the government say, we're going to forgive loans from schools that are, you know, known to be fraudulent for-profit schools. And gotcha. So the predatory ones to, that get you on those student loan, like the uh, GI Bill kind of schools... Yeah, the, like the ones that have now been found, like I think there's a lawsuit against DeVry and there was some other school and they're just like, these were fraudulent degrees, right? Like they did not have outcomes attached to them that were anywhere that came anywhere close to justifying the price. As far as I'm concerned, like forgive those. I also would have liked to see the government say any like, you know, did you read that um, Ashley Babbitt, like this is a very loaded example to bring up, but that's the woman who got shot at the Capitol, right? Yes. Among other things in her life. She had student loans with interest rates of like 25 and 30%. What? Yep. So like So more than a credit card. Yeah. So there are people out Ugh. here with loans at those rates and that is a scam and what I would have loved to see is for the government to say, "You know what we're going to do? We're restructuring everybody's loan to a government guaranteed loan at 3 to 4%." That's okay. Right? I'm like behind you on that. There's a perfect solution. A lovely solution. Lovely. I do not, however, also, yeah. I don't care. Great. Forgive the 10K. Who else gets bailed out in our economy? What? Are, I'm sorry. How much? How many billions of the my banks, the airlines, dollars, yeah. the banks, the airlines, and they're yeah. just like canceling flights left and right and being like, there's bad weather somewhere. And it's I wanted the airlines like, to fail. So as far as I'm concerned, everyday people getting $10,000 of debt forgiven so that they can go on with their lives and contribute productively to the American economy. I don't need to sit here and be like, that's not fear. Like to me, that's just whiny. Uh, we're fine. Mm. Like I'm fine. It is okay with me if these people get a little bit of a break. It's ten thousand dollars. Give them a break. I, I don't care. I, I like they've been at the mercy of millions of crappy systems that people feel free to bail out all the time. Let them have it. Is it buying votes? Yes. Is it buying votes in a grosser way than the tax cut for the rich that the Trump administration puts Probably through? Probably similar. Yeah. Absolutely not. And cheaper. Much cheaper. The I wonder how much it this year is going to be the lowest it's been in like over a decade. Like literally they were like, oh, it's going to be the lowest it's been in like 10 years. What is the 10K? This news just came out. And that tax yeah. cut like cost us 
hundreds how, of billions of dollars how as many, a country. I like your, I like your, uh, I so like I your care. position. How many, this 10K, I wonder what's the upper bound of this. Is it going to be a million people are going to go for this? Five million? It's going to be 10 billion, 50 billion. I wonder what the number is. Yeah. I don't care. I really love your suggestion of restructuring it. That's what I think we should have done. We should have just restructured that. Would be so that much day. better because then it feels more fair, right? So the that addresses my issue of fairness. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, so now the government is paying the loan off to the predatory person. They mm -hmm. get their money. They and eliminate they the twenty five, right? Because they're predators. Like, <laughs> well, you can't. I mean, people sign. That would be like maybe you, they get paid off minus the now, interest. They get paid the balance of the loan minus the they interest. Get paid the, the balance predatory of the loan, lenders. Right? Yeah, they and don't the get the interest going forward. Yeah. Right. So yes, because you don't want to use the government to interfere with a valid contract, even if it was a predatory contract, I guess it's valid, you have to go to court for that. We don't want to live in an authoritarian society where they just may wave a magic wand and just right. overturn business. So maybe stuff. they get paid back. But like, so they get paid really, back. I think you really do have to look at the larger benefits of this. Like we're looking at the fact that let's say the housing market is about to tank and mm -hmm. people who are saddled with these huge debt payments can't buy houses, right? There's right. always going to be, everybody always wants to focus, I think, on the like tiny number, the outlier number yeah. that where it's not fair, where it's like you're fine and you haven't been paying because you've been waiting for the government to forgive yeah. it. Fine. There is always going to be some percentage of stuff you wish wasn't happening. But for the majority of people in these, in these situations, it's going to allow them to put that money back into the economy and if we're going into a recession, that's great. It might allow them to buy a house mm -hmm. and build wealth. And that's great, right? Like the, yeah. the benefit, the broader benefit of this to society, in my opinion, more than outweighs the like little niggling concern that somebody might be getting away with something. I like the idea of making it your process or for people who went, I, I like all three of your suggestions. Number one, if we've identified a predatory school, and just to confirm, because uh, we, you know, we never want to uh, slander people here who don't deserve it. In 2016, DeVry agreed to pay $100 million to settle a Federal Trade Commission lawsuit over its misleading claims about its graduates' careers and earnings. Mm -hmm. So when we are saying DeVry yeah, is mean, a I'm scam. I'm not making that up. That's like. We're know. not saying DeVry is a scam. DeVry is saying it's a scam by paying a $100 million settlement. You don't pay a $100 million settlement, in my estimation, mm -hmm. to the Federal Trade Commission over a lawsuit, unless you're guilty as heck. That's a big speeding ticket. It's a big so, deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. So I think we start, I agree with you. You start with the DeVry's, then you let everybody digest that. Mm -hmm. Then you say, okay, predatory loans. Now we have the second program. You let everybody digest that. And then you just see how that goes. I think that would be a much better way to communicate this. All right. I think we beat this horse. Yeah. I just wanted to bring it up because I like the fact that we have a daily show and have, have a little banter about I something that's in the news that's not exactly tech, but that relates to And we're life. reading all of it. It's not like we can sit here and pretend that it's not, you know, we, we aren't just like, it's not like we only care about tech. I am a news junkie. Like I'm we reading are. it all. I'm taking it in. I was reading Krugman all morning on why it's, it's not going to affect Cal with the news. And, you know, it on a Wednesday. We get to have our stuff here. We don't have to stick to the tech. We, we can, we can, we can this expand really the mandate. This a interesting conversation. And I really definitely wish that there had been a slightly more creative solution that said, like, I'm fine with it. This is not going to, this is not going to break us. I, I'm like, please stop not dropping money from the sky because we're trying to fight the inflation at the same time. The other thing that is this making is me concerned, money. this is my other concern, is we're starting to train everybody in this country that there's always a bailout, whether you're an airline, a bank, student loan, whatever, there's always a bailout. And then everybody now I feel is like, 
Well, they got a bailout. Where's my bailout? Oh, they got a bailout. The farmers okay, got a bailout. Where's my a, bailout? Who in a, what um, what average American feels like they get bailed out by anything ever? Well, that is I exactly mean, why we have a populist. You know why we have a populist re- revolt on our hands? Because Americans are looking around and being like, you know who gets bailed out? Banks and airlines and yes. rich guys. And and Adam Newman is walking away so, with a billion dollars, right? Like, Sadie's on the rich guys, Molly. <laughs> But you, there is no universe in which, like, the people who voted for Trump and the people who were going to vote for Bernie are the same people. And what they are is pissed off because they never get any help, ever. Well, I think that's, you know, bringing up that Ashley Babbitt is like a, I mean, I know it's anecdotal, but I do think there are people who feel society's rigged against them. Yes. And then once you feel society's rigged against you and you're not part of it, well, then like QAnon becomes like, okay, well, there's something over here for me. Right. It's like somebody who's like, well, I'm not into this religion, but I met somebody who's got this new religion or this like cult. Maybe I'll just be part of that, you know, and like we want them to feel part of America. All right, everybody, listen, I love Brave. I've been using Brave for the last couple of months, and it is so much faster than any browser I've ever used. And it doesn't have all of those ads and trackers and creepy stuff happening on my computer. They really have three core products built into Brave. The core browser, which is tight, and it has all these great extensions that just work. They have the search engine, and they have a browser-native crypto wallet. Brave's browser has over 60 million users already and thousands of daily downloads. Plus, all of this is built on Chromium which is the open source Chrome project. So you're gonna feel pretty familiar with it. All your extensions from Chrome are gonna work, but here's the best part. They're gonna work like two or three times faster than in Chrome because they're not gonna bog you down with all those ads. And I tell you something, the Chrome extensions are some of the worst offenders in terms of adding a bunch of trackers. You can import your bookmarks, your passwords and settings from Chrome or any other browsers in just one click. So you're gonna be off to the races day one. And it doesn't track your website visits, your searches or your clicks. Producer Nick uses it and he loves it. Rachel uses it. We all love having a browser that's fast. It's truly private and independent. Their search engine is independent. So download Brave today. Brave.com slash twist to browse faster, search privately, and so much more, all in a single click. I guarantee you, you are going to love it. Brave.com slash twist. I just want everybody to stop with the bailouts. And the bailouts that you start stop first is things like the airlines. It's so ridiculous that the airlines yeah. keep getting bailed out for doing a horrible job. Now, this is like a business topic. In startups, we have amazing founders who we watch not clear market and then have to struggle, make cuts, take no salary. They have to take all this medicine to try to make their company survive. And most times they don't. And then they got to start over. They get their asses kicked. They might have personal debt. They, they miss an opportunity to go work at Uber or Google and get all these, you know, RSUs, whatever. And then like you're some rich dudes running airlines you do a terrible job, you teach your customers like and you get bailed out. And it's right. like, come on, come so on. So like, honestly, let I, them fail so we can then invest in airlines. I'd love to invest in an airline. That would be I great. can't that because would be great. you keep bailing out the dip who ran them into the ground. And given all that, I am sorry if I do not have the moral outrage about everyday people paying, you know, whatever they're paying for groceries, not being able to quit their jobs and start businesses because they can't afford their own health care. Like, Having, you know, having BlackRock buy up most of the houses on the block so they can't afford them. Like, I, I don't. Well, and then Atherton I mean, doesn't it. let you build. The rich people Atherton in Atherton don't let you build, build townhomes. But so then seriously, we're going to sit here and be like, it's not fair that you got $10,000 forgiven? Give me a you know, break. All right. Listen, we're, 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 you're, you're making me swing from 
my moderate center to this the left now, center. and then I'm going to be swinging to the right. This I'm just trying to be moderate, moderate. center. This is I, moderate center. Like, give me anyway, a, like, let I like all our Americans live a better life. I like our punch-ups. I like our punch-ups. I like our punch-ups. You know what the thing is? I'm always looking for the creative, thoughtful experiment of moving forward. It's true. I mean, they should have called us. They should have called us. Ideas. We would have told them, it's, if you just say the loan's not forgiven, it's restructured, people mm -hmm. would be like, oh, okay, restructuring it? Yeah, okay, it costs us $1,000 per loan to restructure them and people can extend their loans from 10 years to 30 and from 25% to 2%. Great, we have money in the treasury, amazing. who cares? Everybody Maybe gets their money back. Maybe I should have tweeted that and that would have fixed yes. everything. I mean, at I had POTUS, just tweeted at it. POTUS uh, goes to the president apparently. Yeah, okay, at hey. POTUS. But speaking of Zuckerberg being a terrible human who- Yes, as we were. Mm -hmm. As we were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Please don't. I don't want Palmer Lucky and Zuckerberg yelling <laughs> at me at social media. <laughs> I don't mean he's a terrible human. I mean, it's like a terrible human decision to make to force other humans to watch traumatizing stuff and pay them poorly while you're wakeboard. I don't want to make it personal. Um, but Don't you though? But like maybe a little bit. Okay. It was only a matter of time. Okay, okay. So you know how like something cool came into the world in the social media space? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's been talking about be real. It's so fun. Awesome. You just take the one picture a day. All the kids are using it. It's amazing. We what an should, innovation. We really should have set a clock. Our only mistake on this show <laughs> is that we did not set a countdown timer to when uh, Instagram or Facebook would stone cold rip off be real. Okay. Because we started talking <laughs> about Be Real in 2021, over a year ago, and I, it launched in late 2019. So let's just set Be Real becomes real and hits some sort of critical mass in 2021. Mm -hmm. Let's say 18 months ago, it became real. Be Real yep. became a real phenomenon 18 months ago. So the clock started 18 months ago. What happened? What has happened <laughs> is that evidently a developer who reverse engineers apps to find early versions of upcoming updates discovered that mm. it appears that Instagram is working oh. on what they are calling an internal prototype of something that they're calling candid challenges, a feature okay. inspired by Be Real. Those who participate in Candid Challenges will see notifications pop up randomly throughout the day asking the user to take a photo of their surroundings through the app, which captures both the front camera and back camera view wow. simultaneously. Amazing. Which is, for those who have not used it yet, exactly what Be Real does to the letter. The only difference is that the feature lets users uh, then share the content to their Instagram story rather than to a specialized feed that users can't see unless they post their own Be Real for the day. Isn't, don't you think that at this point, like being an engineer at Meta, who's the not on the Oculus team, right? This is why everybody likes working on the, the Meta side, the Metaverse side, is like the crappiest job in the world because you might have your own ideas. You might be thinking like, oh, I suggested these five features that I think would be really cool. Here's some cool creative stuff we could do at Instagram. And then they come along, they're like, no, 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 we're just going to need you to copy Be Real. Um, this is why Kevin Systrom left because he felt like Zuckerberg was just using Instagram, which had all kinds of creative innovations. Mm -hmm. And then he told the team over there, you know what? Your innovations are not as important as stealing S Evan Spiegel's. And Zuckerberg's greatest skill is his absolute 
amoral approach to stealing other people's innovations and mm -hmm. not caring what anybody thinks about him. This is why I think he's the worst actor in tech. This is why I think he's terrible for the industry. He brings a lot of heat on the industry. Uh, because if you think about antitrust, like he's, he's the guy who bought these two things. He's the guy who steals everybody's ideas. And it just feels lame, anti-competitive. And it's an insult to anybody who works for Zuckerberg that he believes the people he hires and makes into millionaires and billionaires are too stupid to come up with their own ideas. Yeah. It's so cutthroat. It's so petty. It's so lame that I think anybody who goes to work for Zuckerberg should think to themselves, am I this petty, lame, and, and do I have no creative ideas? By working for Zuckerberg, you're saying, Molly, I have no original ideas. I am a drone. I am a Borg. If you don't know the Star Trek, you know, that was like probably the best of the next generation was the Borg really was, episodes. Yeah. Resistance is futile. Just look it up. Resistance is futile. And Zuckerberg is the Borg. We used to make pictures of him and spread them on the internet, like Zuckerberg Borg, for a reason. Yeah. And going to work for Zuckerberg is a moral failing. It's an ethical moral failing for anybody who has any bit of creativity or soul. It's soul crushing to work for him. That's why the people who work for him or he made billionaires or who are on his early team are not friends with him anymore. They're just, they don't, he doesn't maintain friendships with these people. He doesn't have the people from WhatsApp and Kevin Sistrom and all those people from Instagram. They hate him. They don't, yeah. they're not indifferent about Zuckerberg. They literally hate him. Wow. Because he just tells them, your ideas are bad. You need to go. Uh, and just copy Zuckerberg, uh, Evan Spiegel's ideas, be real, whatever comes out in the world. And not only that, Tinder, Snapchat, Twitch, Foursquare, Reddit, Periscope, Fortnite, eBay, Signal, be real. Like, I mean, it just... And he just says, do it. Do it for the next five or 10 years, because you're not going to get it right every time it may take two or three times to stick. So he did poke as an app, he did like three or four versions of Snapchat till he kind of got sh the um, whatever that format is stories to work, stories, right? Yeah. He got stories to stick. And mm -hmm. then he did it to TikTok. So I don't want to make this like a whole I mean, it's almost whole. a joke at this point. Like, it's almost a joke. It's, it's just gross. like, really? Like, it's I just gross. can't imagine. I mean, I guess it'll work until it doesn't work anymore. Right? It works. It'll work. It prints I money. Mean, and until it'll people don't work, work and until people catch on and stop using it, that'll be something but it is it is gross. And it, what it Just, what it leads to is people rooting for Facebook to fail, right? Like you start rooting for yeah. Zuck to fail. Like you're just like, I cannot well, I would wait love to, to see be him here fail. on that day. Right. Like I, I would love to see him fail because he's a thief. And so when Congress comes calling or whoever else comes calling, like there aren't going to be defenders. Nor should there be. Nor should there be. I mean, if you act this amoral and unethically, like let's just call it what it is. It's lame. It's gross. Okay, everybody, I want to tell you about an amazing new database I am using at launch and at inside to find more companies to invest in and to find more advertisers for this week in startups and for inside.com. And our associates here at launch are using it to source new companies for us to do meetings with. And it's called Harmonic. H-A-R-M-O-N-I-C dot A-I slash twist is the URL you're going to use. We have been using it. And I have to tell you, I'm blown away because you can do all these incredible filters. You can search on a founder's background. You can search their previous companies, their exits, previous raises. And you can track metrics like maybe the headcount growth, maybe LinkedIn Twitter growth. If you thought your best customers, your best investments came in the seed stage, you can search just there. 
But if you thought, hey, you know, I need Series B companies and greater, I can search just there. Maybe you need people with under 50 employees. Maybe you need companies with over 500. All of that slicing and dicing you can do with this incredible database. Here is a video of us using this advanced search feature to find SaaS companies and to find pre-seed companies. This is a place we like to invest, right? We like to get in early. But more importantly, I want you to try it because my team is over the moon about it. Visit harmonic.ai slash twist and you're going to get $4,000 off your company sourcing and monitoring. H-A-R-M-O-N-I-C dot A-I slash T-W-I-S-T for $4,000 off. Great job to the Harmonic team. It's a beautiful product, by the way. Never trust Zuck. This is why when people, there's a famous clip of me that went viral where I said, they, they Zuckerberg said, hey, I'll meet with uh, anybody from Y Combinator. We'll do partnerships. I said, this is the craziest thing in the world. I said on this podcast, like in the first year of the pod, never trust Zuck. If you meet with Zuck as a startup, you're very foolish because he's going to steal your ideas. That's all he ever does. Mm -hmm. So just don't trust him. And he's he's not a good partner to anybody. There is not one company out there that has a vibrant partnership with, with Facebook. Now you look at Google, there are countless YouTubers who sing uh, YouTube's praises. There are countless people who use Google's ad network on their websites, AdSense, whatever, who love it. There are countless partners for using Twitch, you know, or the app stores in Google and uh, Apple, who say, Oh, my God, what a gift it is to have this amazing iOS platform, Android platform for me to put my push my, you know, there are plenty of developers who find Apple plenty abusive, I will say, but compared to Zuck, but not who shares to this, zero dollars no, compared to like you will right, exactly, you share zero dollars, you will like steal my idea in a heartbeat. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's gross. It's, it's just so gross. Like it's gross, and to see to see it be so like it's not illegal, but to see it be so blatant, to see Be Real hit number one on the App Store, and then all of a sudden they're testing the exact same thing is just like my God, it's disgusting. I think just anybody who uses the Facebook just apps, sad. just anybody who you know finds this offensive, just use the hashtag Never Trust Zuck. Yeah, Never Trust Zuck, and I think and that's how the industry should real. look at it. Don't switch. It's just gross. It's so gross. And this to-do list is hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I think you just read this off. I did, and it's amazing. Just uh, if you're watching live on the video on Spotify, shout out to Spotify video. Shout out to YouTube.com slash This Weekend. And uh, of course, in other podcast players, you can search for This Weekend Startups video. But go ahead and pull up the to-do list here, Nick. <laughs> this is hilarious. Snapchat, Facebook, <laughs> Twitch. Facebook Workplace gaming. by fa- Slack. Slack. Tinder. I forgot about that. Yeah. Workplace by Facebook. That happened. Yeah. Tinder is Facebook dating. Foursquare. Facebook places. Just don't work there. Reddit, this is what Facebook I. This groups, is my message yeah. to everybody. If, if you, you want to copy pasta for five hundred thousand dollars a year, I guess I can't blame you. But like, mm. I don't want to call it cultural appropriation, but it's creative appropriation. You know, it's like you're just taking mm-hmm. creatives in the world and you're just stealing with from them. And like, I if I put my head down at night, I would be like. And, and I work there. I'd be like, what am I doing with my life? It's not improvement, right? Like, we know, we all know that this is what Apple did and has done for years. And Steve Jobs was very famous for saying, like, great artists steal. Like, they would wait for something to get cool in the market, improve upon it, and massively it. improve it, reinvent like, it. And then be like, we invented it, right? Like, they would always take credit for, like, oh, what? This is crazy. We put a camera on the back of the phone. It was like, come on, like these, you know, cheap. But they would improve it massively. Sometimes massively, and I mean, the iPod adore. compared to like the MP3 players before it was 
like oh, night yeah. and day. Sometimes the iPad massively. compared to tablets before. But I mean, like when they announced the smartphone. photo messaging and like multimedia messaging had already sure. existed for like sure. a year. You know, I'm just saying there were times when it was like, yeah. okay, come on. But what they would, but there was a difference between sort of like proving it in the marketplace and then releasing it at a time that it was ready for consumers with improvements that range from incremental to massive. Yeah. And I, just like, we're going to steal the shit. I, oh, I, I, I think it. it's steal distinctly it. different it. how Apple steal does it. it. So if you look at Apple, you go down, you, I, I'll give an example. Heart rate, right? Like I, I'm trying to figure out my heart rate and sleep. The heart rate and the sleep app that comes with Apple is purposefully basic. Yeah. If you want really good heart rate data, if you want really good fitness apps uh, or sleep apps, you, you go to the app store and you find them. And mm -hmm. Apple, in fact, celebrates those app developers, writes articles about them, and points shares you to revenue them. with them. Yeah. And shares revenue. And they're like, you know what? We'll take 30% for the first year, 15% for subscriptions the second year. And it's better that we have a thousand flowers bloom in each category than us just steal it. They have the resources to just buy the top three apps and make them the Apple sleep app, right? They don't do that on purpose. And when they do add something to iMessage, like ephemeral messages they added at some point, we could disappear the messages or something. It might be like five or 10 years after the ecosystem has been able to, you know, create value from them and they've been commoditized. It would, that would be the example I would choose. And nobody's using the notes app as but one example over Microsoft Word or Google Docs. Like the notes app is very basic, right? Like it, it doesn't let you do multiplayer mode. It, it syncs, but you know, not very well. And so I think they kind of, I think they ankle their own stuff purposefully to let other people excel. Or and I think that's sued. the difference. What's that? Or not get sued. Well, but they I understand. Mean, I, I don't, I mean, no, no, no. But I think you're, I mean, you're 100% right. And I, I don't think it's purely altruistic. It's because it creates a really vibrant ecosystem that benefits yes. Apple, right? So yes. if you want to build, I mean, it's like Balmer, developers, developers, developers. If you want yes. your apps on iOS and everybody does, it's because you get the best rev share in town, even though you give Apple 30%. And then Apple's like, we get 30% by not killing all of you off. Mm. And there's no, and so what is fatally flawed about the Facebook model compared to what you just described about the Apple model, which I think is 100% true, is that Apple ends up with a vibrant ecosystem that makes it money a lot of different ways. Facebook ends up with everything inside and the inability yes. to focus on anything. So it's like and they're trying to, you know, have these Swiss Army knife apps yeah. and like copy B-Real and copy dating and copy this and copy that. And like only a few of them are going to hit and they're going to be pulled in lots of different directions. And you're going to start to have people who just only want to work on the metaverse team because it's not fun to copy other people's apps. And for you have job. no friends or advocates in the world. Like everybody hates Zuckerberg and Facebook. It's the most loathsome company, not just in tech. I think it's kind of like. I, I, if you were to like tell me which do you think is doing more damage to society right now bp oil with their spills and everything or facebook i go facebook yeah you know i think the facebook corporation is causing more human suffering than bp oil i know it's crazy and i i know you got a thing about the climate <laughs> I, mean, I know that's kind of like i know i'm like whoa, whoa. i kind of know that's in your wheelhouse so i don't want to do any triggering here molly but i <laughs> And I don't want you to have you to agree with that. me, but you know, there's climate situations and it kill like hundreds. Of I know it's very real. I know it's very real. I be reeled myself uh, in front <laughs> of like a bunch of smokestacks just the other day. And I'm just like, this is terrible. I'm going to be real it. That's going to solve the problem. Anyway, I mean, there's a, by the way, there's a part of the country. Don't get me wrong. But like, there is a, um, there is a petition to keep the um, uh, Diablo nuclear reactor 
uh, up and running here in California. So if you I think are, they decided to. Yeah, I but maybe for like two years or something. It's like it got like a stay. It's kind of like somebody on death row gets like a two year stay while we keep it. So go ahead and type in Diablo uh, into Google Diablo um, reactor petition and sign that so that we get moving here. Uh, and other countries get it like Japan is doing more nuclear. Yeah, there's no universe where we can't have nuclear. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit card or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel, and more. When you enroll your Visa business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Once again, that's visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Visa a network working for everyone. Okay, I think the next big story everybody wants us to talk about Oh yeah, is in, in related social news is there was a whistleblower who worked at Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. just ground rules here. Right. <laughs> if there's any other corporate... Mayday. Yeah, if there's any other <laughs> corporate news around Twitter, I can't talk about it. Uh, so if you were to Google Calacanis Twitter, like maybe there would be some news stories. That would tee you off to probably a good idea for me not to talk about any deals that I Twitter tried. is pursuing. I tried. Okay. But I can talk about the whistleblower. Sure. It's news. I can talk about the whistleblower and what I think about that. All right. Uh, here's what happened. Twitter's former security chief, Peter Zatko, better known as Mudge, uh, came forward at this exact time in history. <laughs> Great. And said that Twitter misled regulators about its security risks. That's actually, I think, the most explosive part of this. There's a lot uh, about the fake accounts and the complaint adds that the platform policy, platform policy toward fake accounts incentivized, quote, deliberate ignorance by undercounting spam accounts and giving bonuses to execs for increasing users but not binding bots. Also... Uh, and this is a, a pretty big deal because Twitter, I think, is under some kind of a consent decree related to how it protects user data. The right. um, whistleblower complaint said that Twitter executives ignored multiple security vulnerabilities, including failing to follow basic conventions like safeguarding staff access to the core software, promptly deleting closed accounts and updating security software on company laptops and servers. He served as head of security until January of this year. He left about eight months ago. Apparently, when he was hired, uh, I mean, there's been this kind of like equal and opposite re- response to this people saying like, listen, when Jack Dorsey hired, hired him, we were all like, whoa, 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 what? Because he's a, a character in his own right and was uh, reportedly, at least Twitter has responded and, and effectively said he was fired for like poor leadership and he's all kinds of other absurdly well respected in technology. As a and that's why Jack, he, I don't know. Absurdly yeah. well. I mean, he right. has he has found some of the you know, biggest exploits and hacks. He is, yep. you know, top 1% of 1% of respected in computer security. That's why you would hire him as your head of oh, security. Sure, but it doesn't, it, that doesn't right. make that's him why like Jack a good manager or not a jerk, I think is what people then came out and said later. Like yeah. people were like, there were quotes but from people credibility saying he's a really not- vengeful jerk, which is, va- which is relevant here. Um, 
I, yeah, I mean, those are words. I think if you look at the I, no, I it's words by people who I'm just saying that was the response. The other, I'm not. Again, this is not my opinion. That is no, the no, response. I, 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 absolutely. And what I would say is those are words by people who this person is whistleblowing, mm -hmm. who are culpable if this stuff is true. So, you know, of course, they're going to throw him under the bus and try to discredit. Him. I'm just saying it, if this was the week before this leak, and you asked 100 people who know who this person is, yeah. 100 would say this is one of the most credible people in security technology. Mm hmm. And the only people who would say he's not credible in security technology would be people today who are on the other side of the whistleblowing complaint. Probably fair. I don't think, to be fair, I don't think any of them are saying he's not credible in technology. <laughs> no, they might not like him. He <laughs> might not be likable, but like, I don't know where likable. They're yeah, saying this is what they, this is what they do with every whistleblower. It's exactly. It's just like with every whistleblower and every witness, right? It's like, why is he doing this? Is he doing it because he has an axe to grind? Is he doing it because he's an Elon fanboy? Like, what is the motivation? That is what people, that's why people are bringing up this question of sort of like sure. character and prior behavior. Again, yeah. I don't know him. I did before anybody Being asked a, me. Yeah, yeah. Being a whistleblower. Thankless uh, job. I'll just say <laughs> he's an incredibly brave, treacherous, and perhaps even like zero sum thing to do in life. Like, mm -hmm. The woman, um, her name will come to me with Instagram. Francis Haugen. Francis Haugen, thank you. Yeah. Francis Haugen. Like, did this help her career? Right. Or she would she have like been better off and, yeah. taking the bag from Facebook and the next company and the next company that hires her for a million dollars in stock options a year to just be part of the machine, right? Mm -hmm. Like, once she does the whistleblowing, like maybe she gets a book deal, but she's not employable by big tech after that. Yeah. He whistleblows. He's not employable by big tech after this, I don't think. I mean, maybe there's like yeah. select people, like maybe a security company would hire either of them, maybe. But I do think this is like, it's kind of like killing your career in many ways to be a mm -hmm. whistleblower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, the one it's a complicated was, situation. But he also claimed that foreign agents worked for Twitter and had access to user information, which we know that which there were Saudis that who actually had that happened. Idea. Yeah, that actually happened. So this is the there's two parts of this that are super explosive. The yes, there is the incentive structure, I think is really crazy that they were that the incentive structure was to downplay the bots. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, oh, my God, like if they're give if everybody has access to people's DMs or access to everybody's accounts and foreign actors do like that's pretty serious stuff. Yes, um, especially since again, they had already been under scrutiny by federal regulators regulators for how they protected. Yeah, there was a big information. Hack. There Remember was a like hack. the president's account, CNN's account, mm -hmm. like a lot of people's major accounts. And then you think about the damage. This is why the FTC was upset. I think mm -hmm. what if somebody gets into the president's account or CNN's account and they say, a bomb just went off. Well, that's exactly what happened. Somebody had tweeted there was like a bomb had gone off on CNN. Maybe it was a CNN account or something. So these kids who hacked the place, who got in just through some, you know, dopey Twitter employee, let them in basically somehow. Um, they had, there have been instances where people hacked accounts and then said something that could send the world spiraling. Mm -hmm. So this is the danger is like, if these are, if this is the official communication platform for important people in the world, like heads of state, FBI, CIA, you know, they use the Everyday FBI uses this platform who don't want to get hacked. Yeah. And, you know, let alone, you know, <laughs> CEOs and venture capitalists and everyday civilians like, yeah, 
or the damage that can be I mean, caused. You could cause, right, exactly. Like considering the reach that that major public figures have on this platform, it's terrifying to think that they had lack, lack security around user accounts. It and I will say that the this news broke yesterday and since then Twitter has already made a huge change to its organization. They're merging the health experience team, which is in charge of clamping down, this is according to Engadget, which is in charging of charge of clamping down on misinformation and harmful content with its service team. And the service team is in charge of reviewing profiles when they're reported and taking down spam accounts. So this new combined group will be called health products and services. Maybe this was already in the works, mm. but the timing there is certainly interesting too. And and it sounds like there was an, an internal memo sent saying you need to quote, ruthlessly prioritize this uh, fake account and also security part of these two jobs. Putting aside any, putting aside any corporate stuff going on with the company, mm -hmm. the fact that this high of a person leaked, like Francis Haugen, all due respect, was a researcher at Facebook, mm -hmm. wasn't in the board meetings. This individual was in the board meetings talking to the board about the spam and security issues. Like yeah. this is a top five employee. Yeah. This is like big time whistleblower. He sent all of these reports. This is the other thing that's crazy is he sent all this information to the SEC. That's one set of huge problems, like crazy lawsuits for the next five years on who knew what on the board, you know, and what did you tell yeah. the public and did they trade on that information? Oh my Lord, that is like one level of headache. Okay. He also sent it to the FTC, which you're under investigation by, yep. or under that, that legal- Consent decree. The consent decree, thank mm -hmm. you. Consent decrees happen. Decree. Decree. I consent de that. decrees happen when people have messed up big time and they're kind of on probation. Consider that yeah. like corporate probation. And then they also sent it to the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. And now everybody on Capitol has this and the Senate Intelligence Committee has it. Like this is going to have reverberations that are well beyond yeah. anything we've seen in tech. Like this is a level of bomb, a nuke that is different than Francis Haugen saying like, hey, these I guys knew this was bad. That was a big deal. I, I'm, was, I'm, like I'm saying it, that was a big deal, but this is like the next, this is 10X that. I mean, that was like, okay, they knew that this, this is bad really for you. is? Well. No, come on. I'm just saying that the ex there's no SEC investigation over the Francis Haugen leaks. What there's going to be is like a bunch of, like what is the ramification of that? Okay, we know Facebook's more loathsome. Here you have SEC, like could be criminal complaints if they didn't disclose this information to shareholders, like that's serious stuff. And if they were giving access to spies or otherwise letting dangerous people into the keys of the kingdom, like I, I think this kind of gets into like criminal stuff that, you know, or, you know, uh, charges that could mean people are losing their jobs. Did anybody lose their job in the Facebook thing? Was there any fallout from the Francis Haugen leaks? I don't I know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's why that antitrust bill it yeah. exists. Sure. So like yes. as a backstop. Right. Like if we see massive changes to tech regulation, it will be because of the like I, I would just I would say let's like dial it back a little bit. These are explosive claims that will be investigated. 
I think it is uh, clear that a person who probably should worry about his legacy over time is Jack Dorsey. Yes. Because most of what is being alleged here did occur under his watch, right? Absolutely. It was when he left and right around the time Parag Agrawal came along that Mudge got fired and it's possible that it was related to some of the failure to implement some of the things he is now saying should have been implemented. I don't really know. But I think like there's no doubt that we're seeing it's becoming more and more clear the degree to which Twitter has been mismanaged for a very long time. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's and a valid criticism of Jack. We have social platforms as one of our noties is pointing out that we're at the point where social platforms represent national security issues. That's the key. And also tear down society from the inside. There you go. <laughs> and that like that is probably the thing we may have to reckon with, right? Above everything else. But yes, as Nick points out, maybe the answer is you shouldn't have a halftime CEO for a platform with 200 million plus people. Well, you know, there I, was some willful refusal to deal with this there. Senator Chuck Grassley, he gave some statements to CNN, quote, take a tech platform that collects massive amounts of user data, combine it with what appears to be an incredibly weak security infrastructure, infuse it with foreign state actors with an agenda. And you got a recipe for disaster. The claims I've received from a Twitter whistleblower raise serious national security concerns as well as privacy issues, and then must be investigated further. And so that's the piece that I think is the new thing here: national yeah. security issues, right? Yeah. Whatever has happened before this, I don't think it's tipped into like, oh, this is a national security. Concern. It's certainly the TikTok thing, which I've, I've talked about here. <laughs> Till I'm blue in the face and nobody seems I'm to care. Not, again, I'm not trying to like belabor the comparison, but I do think it's notable that like, for example, Facebook allowed the January 6th insurrection to be planned on its platform. That's also a national security issue. There's like a whole bunch of layers here. Sure. I'm not trying yeah. to keep pushing I, back I mean, on you. I'm just saying like, let's not. Maybe well, I mean, the I don't even, I mean, further, I would even push back. I wouldn't say it's pushback. I said it's furthering the discussion, right? Furthering so, the discussion. Like, exactly. Like these so, platforms have, ma right. Totally. That's the larger point. These platforms have a massive impact. We're totally not ready still to reckon with. You know, we, we've never had the ability for everybody in the country to be captured and programmed and manipulated to this extent, this yeah. quickly, this easily. And, and that's where the hacking comes in, or just willful mismanagement in order to get your bonuses. Like, there's like so many vectors here. Uh, and you have to shut off those vectors. So the board, if the board was compensating the management team and aligning their interests with growth, yes, but not with security, and not with safety, the board is culpable for that. The management team then is going to say, oh, well, the board told us we have to get Mao's or monthly DAOs up or whatever this is. And so, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we did the bots thing, but that wasn't the primary focus. Focus number one was increased user base. Focus two was, you know, to get revenue up and focus three was the bots, whatever. Right. You know, this speaks to prioritization and, and incentive. And, and that's, that's the problem is like the incentive is completely misaligned here. The, exactly. the incentive should have been we want to have no bots and have real names. Full stop, you know, and like, and actually what you just said, too, is almost word for word, what Francis Haugen said was happening at Facebook, too, that the priority was growth always. Yes, yes. Over everything else, over the health of the platform, the health of the users on the platform. And the you know, kids, look, the children, like literally researchers, women, black women, gay people, right? This is all I like you hate to go back to this, but it's like, yeah, we've been telling you this for 10 years. 
Well, and, you know, it, as, and it's only when it becomes like it's you know it's it just I mean, spiraled out of control you, and it didn't have to. But all the, the canaries time, in the coal mine. I had no idea. You know, I understood on one level, like you would receive as a female, a different response mm-hmm. than I would online. And people hate me, and you're <laughs> delightful. So, like, I I, so I understand that I rub a certain contingent the wrong way. I'm okay with it. And I do get people who are like, you fat, bald, prick, I hate you with all my guts, love mom, you know, whatever it is. Um, people, <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, make sure you eat your vegetables, love mom. Um, I, I get people disagree with me about things. Uh, yeah. But then when you join the show, and now I'm in your at replies, or then I'm your Cinderella to clean up things that people are like, you hired a carrot to work with you and she's that's too liberal. I'm like, okay. On one podcast, I got a crazy right wing guy. And now you're telling me on the other podcast, I got a crazy left wing gal. And I have to like, as the moderate, like somehow change their people can have their own opinions, folks. You don't have to attack them for it. People think differently. We just Molly and I just had a difference of opinion on student loans. And we can have a productive discussion about solutions that move forward. We could have a different opinion about a lot of things. I could have a different opinion with Saxon. Different opinion with Molly. We could all move forward by just discussing the actual issue at hand. And that's that's what I'm trying to get through to people. But oh, my yeah. lord, the amount of venom and the, the the tone of it is different for women. Oh, it's hundred uh, percent. It's like it's, it's just like gross. what you're saying. What I'm saying literally is not valid to a certain segment of people. It's yes. not valid because I'm the one who said it. If you said the yes. same thing. It's like that, there was that story the other day about that black couple who had their house appraised at $470,000. Yes. And then they like had a white guy, they reapplied, sure. took all the pictures down, had a white guy give the tour and it uh, appraised yes. at $700,000. Like that was whack. Literally, there is stuff that I say, like sometimes I hear myself on this podcast, we were joking about this on The Signal, like I'll say something that's identical to like what Friedberg said independently of Friedberg, right? And I'm like, I yeah. don't get enough credit for being a Friedberg level genius. I'm just saying like, yes. but it, it literally will not be heard. Well, if you talk to the science voice like this, and you say, actually, I got to do the laugh. But like, <laughs> I remember, I don't know, well over a decade ago, talking about Twitter on Buzz Out Loud, yeah. back in the day at CNET and being like, you know what I've noticed on Twitter is that like, if you just agree with someone, that's kind of boring content. Right. Ah. You don't have anything. We don't have any way to engage with them and respond to them. If you're just like, right. yes, great point. Pick That's boring. Yeah. But if you could disagree, all of a sudden you have something to say and you could get this person's attention and you could engage with them. And it was like this proto realization that that disagreement and conflict would mm-hmm. be engaging yes. and that engagement could serve ads because people would spend a long time on there fighting about stuff. And, and YouTube trend. went through this too, where it was like, oh, the more extreme your stunt is, thank you, Jake and Paul Logan, dipshit. then the more dipshit. dipshit. But those dipshits have now led to an entire culture. Dobrik's like killing people. I mean, the, 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 this dipshit Dobrik, like the fact that they let him on the platform doing these crazy stunts. I know. And some kid got his face shattered. Uh, did you ever see that video of, they, they basically got a crane and they had it in the war and they're spinning a crane around with somebody at the edge of it. Oh my so then God. the guy's like, hey, you're going too fast, stop. So they start to s- slow the crane down. You can pull this video up, Nick. No. Okay, don't. So I like mean, it doesn't look that bad. I do not want to see this. No, thank so you. So they stop spinning the crane because it's like, hey, this is getting a little too fast and I'm afraid to let go because I'm going to go flying. So he slows it down. And of course, the inertia makes him whip around like a Indiana Jones whip. 
and he smashes his face into the crane. Oh, God. Falls off into the water and could ostensibly have drowned and shatters his face. I guess Dobrik paid him off or something because he never talked oh, about he's it. he's suing for years. David Dobrik now. Oh, now he's suing him? Okay, so there was some sort of cover-up here. Then David Dobrik takes his Model X or somebody takes a Model X and David Dobrik puts it on his channel and he jumps the steepest street in yeah. LA. Yeah. And that same street, not a year later, somebody rents a Tesla, mm -hmm. does the same stupid trick and crashes it and shatters the Tesla. Yeah. I don't know if that kid ever went to jail. Like, and I, I have told a friend Susan Wojcicki, like, like, what right are we doing there. here? Yeah. Like, no, nope. I, I, I literally encouraging it. What are told they doing? Susan on Twitter, it. like, you're encouraging yeah. somebody's going to get killed. S just take the stunts off. Like, these, these are crazy. Stuff. I'm, love, listen, man. I'm, I'm not like, um, what's the word? Like, I, I'm not a square. Like, if somebody wants to do a backflip on skis on a mountain and go to the X Games, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. People mm -hmm. want an MMA fight? I'll go. I'll love to go to an. I've never been. I'll love to go to an MMA fight. You, somebody wants to take me sit courtside, I'll do it. And I'm not going to stop somebody from doing MMA fighting. But on a public street to do this stuff, if people want to do evil, I watched every Evil Knievel stunt when I was a kid. You know, I was there for it. But if you want Evil Knievel on somebody's street where they're walking their dog and you kill their dog and their kid and the mom, I mean, get the. F that's dick. boring now Dobrik. we've all seen that you gotta you gotta keep leveling up i'm being sarcastic obviously what i'm saying is that's what happens i wrote a short story uh, i was i was thinking about like Ooh. writing some short stories when i was younger and i wrote the story and i said because i loved the running man and some of that kind of stuff and i was writing this like little short story i gotta find it on my one of my old laptops or something and basically my premise was uh society had become just so dystopian that discovery channel started a competition where people could for a million dollars swim from one platform to another platform where like great white sharks fed mm -hmm. and 10 people would jump across they would chum the water and you know everybody who made it per first person got you know 10 million dollars next person got five million dollars next person got a million dollars and then whoever died would just be like great television it's basically like gladiator or you know hunger games or whatever so i wrote this thing and then i'm watching uh, uh discovery channel comes by my feed on one of the social networks they had a guy in a glass box and uh, made a plexiglass and a giant 15 foot great white smashes into it. You got to look this up. Just happened this year, I guess. The great white didn't see the glass box, mm -hmm. just saw the big fat seal in there, aka human in a wetsuit. And this guy almost got taken out. Mm -hmm. And like the box shatters, the jaws are closing in. And I just thought, and then there's this woman who swims with sharks in Hawaii and she yeah. says she's doing conservation. I'm like, we got there. And not only did we get there, these people are doing it for free. They're just doing it for frame. They're not even doing it for the $10 million I proposed. <laughs> yeah. Sweet Jesus. What, I mean, where, where's the world gone? You know, we're headed right for like, I'm just saying Squid Games is way too popular. Way too popular. Uh, it is literally like, yep. we're, we're, I think we're going to get there. Anyway, this whistleblower thing, I think, is going to wind up being the story of 2022. Interesting. I yeah. think, you know, when you have somebody this credible, this high up in an organization, this reminds me as a tipping point, because you thought Frances might have been it, right? But she didn't have like the smoking, smoking gun. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's like she had like stuff that was like, oh, yeah, I can confirm with you that like Facebook is a soulless organization that'll do anything mm -hmm. for growth and money. It was totally monstrous, right? But it was already like we've been known that. The Facebook leak was confirming. We confirmed what we all knew. Like, right. your kids should not be on here. This is going to make them feel bad about themselves. This is going to mm -hmm. create things. This is different. This is like we're finding out like 
you know, there were bad actors in the network, the network yeah. wasn't secure, the, the management team might have or allegedly was screwing with the numbers for profit. Like this mm -hmm. is explosive in a way that is, well, yeah, just I, I, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, when, when the last time a top five or 10 person in organization whistle blew? Whistleblowers are always so low level, like Weegard, I don't know if you remember him. If you've never seen the movie The Insider, for young people watching this, uh, Russell Crowe, I mean, incredible. And this is 60 minutes of Jeffrey Weigard. He's the guy who did the smoking one. This feels more on that right. level. Yeah, totally. But even him, he was mm -hmm. a biochemist, whistleblower. Um, Vice President of Research and Development at Brown and Williamson. Worked on the development of reduced harm cigarettes. And in 1996, blew the whistle, I'm reading for the Wikipedia, on tobacco tampering in the company. It was adapted for the 1990 film, The Insider, one of my top 10 films of all time. Russell Crowe from my top two films, Gladiator playing uh, Weigand. Weigand. A lot of the modern day whistleblower uh, protections, et cetera, are based on this. The, you know, whistleblowers, Molly, also can get half of the settlement amount or the fines. So when there's a huge fine, so if there's winds up being a huge fine here, Mm -hmm. This is the other thing people don't know about whistleblowers. They can get paid like tens of millions of dollars for doing it for, by mm. the, from the SEC specically, I believe. Right. There's like a bounty for this. And there was a Or they can get uh, run out of the country SEC. on a rail and persecuted for years until they finally run right into the arms of the Russian government. Like it can go lots of ways. Yeah. Well, that was different. Yeah. That wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> or he worked with the Russians previously. I mean, that's the one I don't get. Like. It's kind of weird that he wound up in Russia. I mean, it's this is one of the things. It's so hard to know what's actually happening on, you know, what's actually mm -hmm. happening in the world. It is uh, exactly, and that's that's to go all the way back to the beginning. That's why anytime there's a whistleblower, there there's a whole series of questions that come up immediately. Why? Why now? Who is this person? What's the motivation? Yes. What's the goal? Who put them up Similar. to this? If anyone will, they, Chelsea you know, Manning. Like, I don't know. Chelsea Manning, perfect example. It's like. This person had a crisis of conscience, was going through a lot of personal issues mm -hmm. at the time, and then that Assange guy who is just horrible. Right. Or Snowden. Like, I mean, who was Snow, you know, like the easiest explanation for the Snowden situation is that it was like genuine. He was genuinely motivated. And then the American response was so appalling to him that he ended up like finding safe haven in Russia and being like, yeah. maybe you know, can have some of these secrets. Check I don't this know. Out. We're um, all over the place now. We're all over the place. Should we talk about startups anyway. or do you have a wrap up? No, no, let's do a startup thing. But um, I just want to point out these SEC whistleblower program is required to pay awards to eligible whistleblowers who provide original information that leads to successful SEC for actions with total monetary sanctions exceeding 1 million. This is just like a law firm's page, I guess, to incentivize you to become a whistleblower. Um, but um, there have been some huge ones that have happened. There was 114 whistleblower award and 110 million. Those are the top two right now. Um, if you wow. click on the 114 one, the Securities and Exchange Commission today announced an award of over 114 million to a whistleblower <laughs> whose information and assistance led to successful enforcement of SEC related actions. 52 million award in connection with the SEC case and an approximately 62 million uh, relating to actions by another agency. The combined 114 million reward makes the highest award in the program's history and eclipses the next highest award. Um, wow. And uh, I'm trying to find which case it was. They've they awarded 600. We'll never say. Yeah. They, well, they in some cases they do. Confidentiality. Sometimes they yeah. do. But in this case, yeah. they're like, we're this not. 676 million to 108 individuals since they created this award in 2012. 
Hmm. So just so people know, like, and it says here, as set forth in the Dodd-Frank Act, the SEC protects the confidentiality of whistleblowers and does not disclose information that could reveal the whistleblower's identity. But mm -hmm. they do take pride in, yeah. Letting I'm that counting out. down to Jake Howe saying, if you work at TikTok, <laughs> you know, it's interesting you, you bring could that get a million dollars. I think, you know, this is brilliant because the SEC really is thoughtful about these, like how they do it, like keeping people confidential and everything. Now, I think you can elect to not be confidential, but I think this is an appropriate thing to do uh, to incentivize people because if you are a whistleblower, as I said earlier, you lose your entire career. Now, I don't know that Mudge is going to get some huge reward here, but I don't know if the SEC gives a huge fine here, he might get right. 10 million or 50 million bucks. It seems like the average award is 10, 20 million bucks. So maybe that takes the edge off, but you can't really... People are not doing it based on this, but this certainly does take the sting off. And if you are inside of TikTok and you know of Russian, I'm sorry, of uh, Chinese government involvement, and you told the SEC and other agencies and you got an award, that'd be pretty dope. And uh, they'd make a movie about you. So there's that too. Maybe I'm not you would make encouraging everybody. Maybe Just I'm saying. Making a movie. Maybe I get a lot this is not investment treatment. advice, but... It's not investment advice, but my J trading has been absolutely demolished. Uh, <laughs> which means I think I'm going to buy more. I want to just let everybody know with J trading, we're going to do a spectacular next week. I am uh, starting my spectacular research. I believe there's a SPAC that's going to go 10x. There has to be. And yeah. I want to find it. The, the, SPAC, the pile of SPAC has been so demolished that in there must be a good one. So if you have ideas for... Just SPAC research, your top three SPAC ideas, top SPAC idea. Send it to me, Jason at Calacanis.com or producers at thisweekinstartups.com. Speaking of investments, there was a big uh, Series A announcement today. Oh, okay. Yep. A little well, press uh, release went out. Elizabeth Holmes, the, uh, the Juicero <laughs> co-founder, Martin Shkreli. Who got who got today's $100 million Series A round after getting out of jail? <laughs> <laughs> the Global Environment Sensing and Data Platform Clarity closed oh. a 9.6 million dollar series a what do they do they uh is the only air quality monitoring solution that provides continuous real-time local monitoring for at city or uh district scale so right now for example if you want to monitor air quality in a city like as the city government or like for all of UCLA or the city of London, for example, I'm naming some actual customers of this company. Um, you have to buy this like monitoring station that's the size of a container ship and it costs $250,000 and you get readings like, you know, one or two times a day. This company makes these small little nodes that can be put all over super easily. And then you pay on an ongoing basis for real time pollution monitoring. Pollution, of course, kills hundreds of thousands of people every year, right? It's like an, a really, really, really dangerous part of the climate crisis. And this is that level of measurement. It's different from like purple air and the consumer ones. It's more like yes. you would do this if you were This is city. industrial strength. This is industrial strength. You know, it'd be great if this startup actually would tell you like which direction the pollution was coming from so you could figure out the source. Oh, yeah, totally. I don't see why they couldn't actually. No, I don't they see do. Why over time. <laughs> if you scroll oh, down, do? the Clarity Wind module <laughs> lets you know where the air pollution is coming from <laughs> from a source appointment. <laughs> so, oh, a, a portiment. What does that say? Portiment? The Clarity apportionment. Apportionment. Okay, yeah. there's another word I don't it's know. It's a I'm fancy word for blame, I guess. Yes. Source apportionment. I like that. So you can be like, you're busted. Oh, you're to portion who it's to. Yeah. Yeah. So this is important. You know, you need to measure. And if you want to manage it, you got to measure it. And yeah. 
you know, this is exactly the type of company that I brought you here to invest in. Like, I wish we could have gotten in on this deal. Oh, that's so funny because we did. Yay, Molly. Oh, Molly's going to save the world. This is yeah. Molly's second. I think this is your second or third deal. Second. This is the second syndicate deal. Syndicate deal. Okay. So we have two. I, there was some confusion among our syndicate, syndicate members, which don't worry. We're still. Yeah. There will be more. Um. There, there are two accelerator companies and two yeah. syndicate companies. And this was this was the first deal that went only to the climate syndicate. So Good. we launched the syndicate with our first deal and said, like, okay, if you are into this, you automatically get added first to shot. the climate syndicate. And then we and then we had it, our precious little investors, and this was the first deal they got just for them. And it was what, just what, announced. What we, got? Today. 500, it's so we got five hundred people in the climate syndicate, a thousand. So, yeah. Something like that. We gotta get the no exact number and tell people it's happening. The syndicate.com slash climate if you give a shit about the planet and you care about children and animals and the future. If yeah. you're a cold-hearted bastard and you just want to make like a pure return on SaaS software, the syndicate.com slash SaaS. We got you covered either way. Yeah. You could join both. We There's something for everyone at launch. Something for everyone. I want to start the syndicate.com slash gambling or vice. <laughs> and because we're not allowed to with our regular fund because we got a lot of different LPs with a lot of different concerns. We can't do gambling oh. or psychedelics or, you know, therapies. But I want to start, hey, just uh, Nick, uh, please take a memo for Presh. I like this. Uh, Thesyndicate.com slash Let's do it. gambling or wagering. What would you call it? Thesyndicate.com slash vice, syndicate.com slash wagering. I mean, if you call it vice, people are going to be like, click. Sorry. Yeah, vice is good. You like vice? Well, it's 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 the antithesis of the vice clause, right? So okay, let's go with that. Okay, I yeah. like how it ha already has like a built-in sort of connection to VC. Okay, so Gambling, let's get that up. Let's could, get that you know, up. Somebody's going to argue that that's what you do anyway. No, 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 no. But vice is just sexy. I like it. Syndicate.com/slash/vice. I want that up. Toot sweet. <laughs> Toot sweet, which means I want it brought up to my room. My sweet. Toot sweet. <laughs> it's French for to the sweet. To the sweet. To the sweet. Fast as possible for Jacob. Congratulations, Anyways, Molly. I like this. If anybody knows of any measurement companies, mm -hmm. I'm, we Molly and I are fascinated by this sector. We have yep. uh, Clarity now. Mm -hmm. We got Sale Plan, and we got Sale Plan. So we got yep. two, one, two. two. Let's let's get five. So anybody know of a measurement company that's measuring this important stuff? Yeah, uh, and we'd like to meet them. So any founders in the measurement SaaS climate space? sustainability writ large, you know, like we can open the aperture here. Yeah. Uh, anything green, but yeah, that has exactly. a business I mean, this model. is air pollution, right? This yes. is not like a super one-to-one -one carbon ton situation, but pollution is a result of the climate crisis and a contributor to making it worse. Like if you, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it, but you also can't invest in it. Like I believe that these metrics move millions. I'm into this concept big time. Love it. I mean, look at it. If you want to be healthier, and you weigh yourself every day, if you're having a problem with your weight, mm -hmm. step one is to step on the scale every day. Now, you're going to eat four donuts with your six-year-olds for no reason at all, and then not want to get on the scale the other day. I'm making up a crazy example, okay? Because Tuesday. I'm just throwing it out there. And you're going to make a mistake, or you're going to take a pint of Vietnamese coffee ice cream, and you're going to intend to have three scoops, and you're going to polish off the whole pint while watching Game of Thrones. Something bad's gonna happen, and uh, you're gonna make a mistake. So when you make that mistake, you still gotta get on the scale so that you understand you made the mistake, you reinforce it. Well, this is the same thing here. Mm -hmm. If people wanna turn a blind eye to the you know cargo ships, well, that's not helping anybody. Let's just at least measure it. 
And then yeah. we could at least have a, a thoughtful discussion about where to go with it. If And when companies try to greenwash you or say like, oh, we're not polluting. I'm, we're not. What are you talking about? Like, we're not, you know, releasing massive numbers of particulates into the air. And Show you can me. have a sensor that in real time is like, actually, when I measured it compared to the wind, it seemed like it was coming straight from you. Here's the data. Yes. That's how you get to change. And for cities, like... I love this stuff. I, you know, for cities, if, if you could have air quality, you know, if, if a city's goal, if the goal of our governments is to make life for the people better, well, people with asthma, people with kids, pollution, life expectancy, like, I, you can be certain that somewhere on the peninsula, maybe 10 places, maybe 10 places in the greater New York City borough area, there are 10 places where there is a leak or pollution coming from somewhere that nobody's aware of mm -hmm. that's giving people cancer or taking a couple of years off their life. Now we can sit here and pretend it's not happening, but we all know it is. So go to Clarity. What's their domain name? Clarity. Clarity.io. Go to Clarity.io if you're in government and take a look at how affordable this is mm -hmm. and what good you could do for your community and run a pilot. I'm not saying you got to put it on every street corner, but run a pilot. And take care of your citizens. And uh, hey, if there's somebody who's doing the wrong thing, maybe you give them a fine and you stop them. And you're a hero. Yeah. And you're saving you people's lives. And you get reelected. Okay. <laughs> so you're, I'm not saying that your existential viability as a candidate or a mayor or a governor depends on this, but we're voting your ass out if you don't. Just saying. So, just saying. Get after it. Anyway. And if you're, they're hiring over there too. So just to make this, uh, you know, even more real. If you actually are smart and you're an engineer and you want to do something other than help Zuckerberg steal stuff, if you're working at Facebook for Zuckerberg and then you had the opportunity to work for Clarity.io in beautiful Berkeley and get some nice bagels and the food scene is great, everybody's hiking in the mountains, why would you drag your ass to Zuckerberg's, you know, uh, mausoleum to work in the 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 Kessel mines pounding salt with Zuckerberg stealing other people's ideas when you could work and have a career clarity.io go have a career and have a mission to fix air quality and fight climate change as opposed to steal other people's ideas for dopey social apps for the love of god people I'll I mean seriously up. don't don't you sometimes just listen to Jay Cal and you just want to be like yes, let's go no I'm just infuriated like, yes. can you imagine Seriously. smart people going to work for Zuckerberg instead of going to clarity.io slash careers, clarity.io slash careers, clarity.io slash careers. Listen, Yay. if we invest in your company, we're blowing your shit up here. We're blowing we're gonna your up. We're, we're going to fill those open positions. Let's go. Firmware Let's engineer. go. Boom. Do it. Let's get in there. There's got to be, I mean, they pay well. They got our money. They got our money. I got our money. So Let's take go. our money and reduce, I mean, do something good for the planet. Look at this. Yes. Pull up the careers page here. It's absolutely wonderful. I don't want to make this into a commercial. But. Firmware engineer, boom. Senior customer and channel marketing manager, boom. Support engineer, boom. Let's go. Let's go. And if you don't see a fit, just join the talent pool, right? Just get in there and just say, hey, I, I have passion for this. And mm -hmm. go ahead and blow them up. If you're a fan of the show, just go ahead and blow them up and say clarity.io is cool AF. Oh my God, All right, that's really it. happening. Enough. All right. Really Molly, happening. congrats. Four deals in the first six months. Oh, I said do job. six, but you did four. Um,
I get her going. That's how I get the cowgirl going. <laughs> like, I just got the cowgirl going. Oh, Look out, yeah! <laughs> I just saddled up. <laughs> uh, well, I get to see you two behind, but you'll make it up in the second half of the year. Let's do eight. But okay. we need these. We have to hunt now. We're we're not in passive mode. We're in hunt mode. Yes. I need deals. Bring. I, we found them another SaaS. How great was the investment meeting yesterday? I love our investment meeting. This job is great. so great. Twice a week, we talk for two hours about finding great companies. I mean, it's literally like a masterclass in there of us like debating the finer points. All right, I got to do a blueprint. Molly, go find us some more companies. Congratulations. Really just so happy for you finding clarity.io and sale plan. What's sale plans domain name? Saleplan.com. Right. Wow, good right job, up guys. top. They even got that cool domain. Yeah, and so right great. up top, there's a careers button that links to what is a Notion page, I'm clear. So go ahead and click on that. You pull up that page. Join the sale plan crew. So here's what you do. You're an engineer. You're a data scientist. We got two companies for you to apply to. I want you to apply to both. Sale plan and Clarity. Saleplan.com, clarity.io slash careers, saleplan.com and careers right up top. Embedded software IoT engineer. Get to live in Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Go to Barry's boot camp with uh, Keith Raboy. You got a cloud engineer. You got a data scientist. What a great life. Okay. Do something Ships meaningful galore. with your life. Quit Facebook. Exactly. Like nobody's saying don't have a job to the nobody that was so mad at us earlier. We're saying get, oh, a, get job a job that means something. Yeah. Do something meaningful. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all. That's all. All right. That is it for the news. Next up, Jason's back with everybody's new favorite segment. So many new favorite segments, but this Rock is a great is in the one. building. The blueprint the gun show mwah, mwah. there we go <laughs> let's go where's my spinach <laughs> all right molly go, go go find some companies get the heck okay, out okay i'm out all right everybody it's wednesday and it's time for part seven of a 10-part series we started here a mini series if you will on this week in startups it's called the blueprint yes shout out to jay-z uh rock is in the building here i'd like to talk about career advice I, one of the most frequent emails I get is, hey, can I get some career advice? And sometimes we do ask Jason's here, but I thought I would put together just a 10 part series on things I get all the time. And uh, we did one on branding yourself and having a breakout skill. We did one on when to quit your job, uh, building your network, right? Networking super important in terms of getting power. Shout out to Jeffrey Pfeiffer uh, at Stanford, creating or waiting. We did in episode four, generalists versus specialists, especially in the startup lens, uh, getting ahead of trends and how to spot trends I did. All of these can be found at thisweekinstartups.com slash the blueprint. Now the episodes are embedded in larger episodes of This Week in Startups, so you might have to jump ahead in the episode. But I think at thisweekinstartups.com slash the blueprint, we created a notion page that'll get you to the playlist and it'll deep link to those moments. Today, I want to talk about should you go into debt for college and just should you go to college? And what are the alternatives there? Now, the reason this came up is because, as we talked about earlier in today's episode, uh, major news today from the New York Times, President Biden's going to announce today that he's canceling $10,000 in student debt for Americans earning $125,000 or less per year. Let's put aside how we feel about that. Is it fair? Is it unfair? We know that there are specific things about college uh, and higher education in the United States in the year 2022. That is much different than when I went to school. I went to school in 1988 to 1993. It took me five years at night to graduate from Fordham University with $10,000 in debt on Pell Grants. I paid for the rest, and it was about $10,000, $12,000 a year in just tuition. I lived in a $300 a month apartment, uh, literally like the top apartment with low ceilings where you had to duck to move around this like little tiny apartment on 10th Avenue in Brooklyn. The administration says they're going to um, try to get 
most of this 90% of it to households that are less than 75 a year. So they're, they're trying to do the right thing here. But there's a reason uh, why this is an important issue for young people today. It's because the average US undergraduate has $37,000 in student loan debt as of October 2021. And then when we look at graduate uh, student loan debt 91,000 as of October 2021. These are big numbers, folks. And I like to look at these numbers in relation to your first year salary. My belief is that you should be making much more in your salary coming out of school than you have in debt. Why? Well, because you got to pay tax on that 30 40% typically. So if you graduate with $37,000 in debt, and you make 50 40 50 60 grand coming out of school, which I think is probably what most people with generic degrees coming out of school make, you know, obviously developers might make more. Um, but if you're just, you know, going into sales, business, finance, whatever, uh, yeah, let's say you make 50, you pay a third of it in taxes. Okay, you know, your mate, your debt is much more. Uh, the average salary in 2022 for college graduates is 55k, according to the National Association of Colleges employees. Now there are some people who get really silly degrees that don't entitle them to anything more than working at Starbucks. Not that there's anything wrong with working at Starbucks, but you can work at Starbucks without a high school diploma, I believe. And if you're getting a $15 an hour job, you know, you're working $2,000 hours a year, which is what the average American works just about 2000 hours for a full time job, you're making 30 grand a year. Now your debt is way more. So just as a rule of thumb, you have to be making like twice as much as your debt for it to make sense. So you got that 37,000 in debt, you should have a job paying you 70,000 something in that range, right? 75k, because you're gonna have to pay this off. And sometimes the interest rates on these things are super predatory. So you don't want to take those variable interest 15 20 25% loans, those things are crazy. Now, if it's a Pell Grant or something like that, and it's very low, that's a different story, right? If it's the government's giving you a three or 4% loan, it's not that bad. Um, so the devil is in the details on these only 14.3% of the average graduate student debt is from undergraduate study graduate students are a big part of this problem. And um, the average graduate student debt is 141% higher than the average debt balance among all student borrowers. In other words, people go for graduate degrees. Now some graduate degrees, like a lawyer, a doctor, you know, etc, an MBA, uh, you know, they might entitle you to a great job, but you also have to remember, like, do you really want that job? And so I think the people who don't do a couple of years of work, either before they go to college during college, or after their undergrad, they're at a disadvantage. Because they don't know what career they want. So sometimes people will go be $200,000 in debt for their law MBA, uh, or medical degrees, and they actually hate the job and now they're trapped and they're making 150 a year 100 250 whatever it is in some elite job but it's less than their debt and man they have to pay that debt off over 15 years and they can never buy a house now they're 37 years old and they hate their lives and they never wanted this job so i want you to just pause for a second and i want you to look at the alternatives and that's going to be a big part of what we discussed today you know the average in-state tuition at a public four-year college uh, is very important for you to know public private community colleges. If you are a self driven person going to a city college, you know, a public college like this, as opposed to a private one, um, if you don't have the means can be radically cheaper. If those in state public four year colleges are $9,400 a year, you're talking about getting out of your getting your degree for about a quarter of what the average private colleges private colleges start at like the average 36 or so and 
where I went forward, and I think I heard it's like up to 70k a year. I don't know if that's true. This is only available to really rich kids or middle class kids or people on scholarships or middle class kids who want to go into severe debt. It's simply not worth it for undergrads. All uh, due respect to my alma mater, uh, I would not advise anybody do that. If you happen to have rich parents, okay, whatever. You're congratulations on being the lucky sperm club. But for everybody else, it's just dumb. There's no way to get out from under. And what I want you to do is to really think about these numbers. Now, I know when you're 17, 18 years old, you may have been told, hey, you got to go to college. That's just how it is. And then you start thinking about, well, I want to have like a good college. I know. And then all of a sudden, you're putting yourself 100, 200, 300 in debt. What you need to do is forget about what uh, the college is going to cost for a second in that experience. And think about what happens after college. So when you're making that decision, I want you to not think of the first order impact. Okay, I'm going to go to a school, it's going to be like this, I'm going to my friends are going to be there. Parties are great. Oh, I'm going to be in Hawaii or Florida or whatever destination I like, or I like the sports team. Let's pause all of that. Not that those aren't valid. The, you know, your experience, I guess is valid. I want you to think like an adult, you're 17, 18 years old, I want you to think about when you're 22, and you graduate, what's life going to be like for you then? And do you want to live under a 500 or $1,000 a month payment for the rest of your life? or seemingly the rest of your adult life, your best years, because you could be so in debt that you hate your life. And you can't afford to do the things you want to do just for this four year experience. And then what would happen if you were debt free, and you still got to go to school or your debt was 10k or 20k, and you could easily manage it at a $200 or $300 a month payment. That could be a much better life for you. So don't look at the four years, look at the 40 years. Think about years 22 to 62, your working years, those prime years. How do you want to live your adult life? And that's what we're not having a discussion with kids. And I think kids are being, young adults are being manipulated to think college is this magic wand. It is not. The magic wand is skills and your executive function. Executive function is a fancy word for discipline. What is your discipline to learn new skills? That's what I want you to think about developing. A person who has high executive function, executive function, again, a fancy word for your ability to sit down, shut up and do some goddamn work in this world. That's what executive fu function is. Can you sit down and shut up and work and learn a new skill? If you've got executive function, you don't need any of this college. It's a luxury. If you can sit down and teach yourself how to be a video editor, teach yourself social media, teach yourself accounting, teach yourself uh, programming teach yourself how to be a sales executive, read books, listen to podcasts, build websites, build small businesses, use no code. If you can go to founder.university and show up every week and kick ass founder.university, we charge you 700 bucks to come for 12 weeks. If you come for all 12 weeks, we give you the 700 bucks back. <laughs> it's basically free if you show up. If you have executive function, you, you could do anything in life. You just sit down and learn skills. Executive function and skills is what it's about. Now, college should be teaching you that stuff. But too often college, does not give you any skills that the real world needs. They're out of sync. The sync is off, folks. So if it's out of sync and you're going into massive debt, that would be considered a bad strategic decision for you to make. If I told you, hey, give me $100,000 and I'll teach you how to be a developer and developers make 150K, you'd be like, okay, that kind of fits JCal's rule. It's like the salary is twice as much as the, the cost. Now, if I told you you could go to you know, one of these uh, developer schools for 20k, and the average salary of a developer is 150k, you're like, well, that seems like a pretty great deal. But you need to have executive function, don't you? You need to have the ability to sit down, shut up and learn and work. Most young people don't have it yet. Most parents don't prepare their kids to be resilient, 
to have grit. These are fancy words. Grit and resilience are fancy words to be able to buck up and get through hard things. Do you have the ability to sit there and go from chapter one to chapter two to chapter three on your own? Most people need a babysitter. College is like this great giant babysitter and way for you to go from 18 to 22 years old and maybe absorb some knowledge and you know, you're too old to be at home, but you're too young to be in the workforce. Kind of bullshit when you think about it. What you need is executive function, ability, add skills, and then you don't even need to go to college. Now, if you're one of those people who has executive function and you can acquire skills, if I told you right now, you could be $200,000 in debt or I could give you $200,000 to invest in yourself over the next four years. Would you give the $200,000? If I gave it to you up front in, in a, I gave you $200,000 in a, in a, in a nice briefcase, $100 crisp hundies, you got bricks. Would you take it and hand it to a college and say, those people are going to teach you how to get more than that 200 back. They're going to give you five times, 10 times that 40 year career. You make, uh, I don't know, 100,000 a year on average, 200,000 a year on average, you make four to 8 million. Do you think that that college, when you give them the 200,000 is going to return 20 times, 40 times your investment? Do you really? Because to be candid, you could make $50,000 a year working any job and a little bit of overtime, right? You don't even need to go to college for that. So the really the delta is that extra 50k. Do they actually get you that? Probably not. The skills that they're teaching in most of these degrees is not in sync. That's why we have this problem to begin with. So they've raised the price to the point of absurdity, while not increasing the value of the skills of the executive function of re grit, resiliency, etc to make you able to operate in the real world, let alone if you're paying going, you know, to 100,000 a year school, um, which is bonkers. So what are the alternatives for you? Uh, I'm not going to tell you not to go to college, I'm going to tell you not to go into debt in college, debt equals death, do not go into debt for skills that do not result in a return on investment ROI, I want you to think about ROI. If you're going to go for a degree that does not have a clear path to you making more money and having that degree, then you should not go into debt for it. You're getting a luxury degree. If you're going for philosophy, psychology, like I did, and you're not planning on being a psychologist and going to graduate school for it or a, uh, a counselor and going for your master's or something, um, what are you doing? You're wasting money. And uh, the difference when I went was it wasn't that expensive and I didn't go into too much debt and I worked during the day and I went to school at night. So what can you learn on masterclass on a code academy type one of those code things? What can you learn on YouTube? What could you learn in internships apprenticeships or building your own businesses? Think about it for a second. If your cost of living was 1500 bucks a month, right? It's 18,000 a year. And then you were gonna spend 30,000 a year on college tuition, you're at 50k a year. Okay, well, the 20k of living expenses is static, right? It's, it's fixed for people going to college or not, if you're not living in the house. So you can basically got 30,000 a year to play with. What could you do with $30,000 a year? Right? So let's say you work to get that $1,500 a year 2000, I'm sorry, 1500 2000 a month to get yourself, uh, you know, uh, a shared two bedroom and you got one of the two bedrooms you're paying a thousand for that you got 500 bucks for your food 500 bucks for entertainment, whatever it is. I don't know, you got to work uh, whatever that is 200 hours half time to make that, you know, whatever it is 20 bucks an hour pay your taxes still have money left over. You start doing the math on this. 
If you're self-directed and you can build businesses and learn, you're going to learn more and get a better deal. But you're going to have to have that executive function. And you have to learn to add skills on your own. And that's what this is all about. So if one of my children, I have three daughters, came to me and said, hey, J-Cow, aka dad, uh, or a nephew or something, I want to build the business. You were going to spend 200k on my college, 50k a year. Any chance I could get 50k to build the business? I would be like, oh, let's start crying. Okay, great. What's the business? What skills do you have to build it? Let's let's talk that through. And then you take four shots at building four businesses of 50k each. Huh? Let's say all four fail. Who's going to be more qualified going into year five? Person who got the I'm not going to pick on people, but philosophy degree, psychology degree, the degree I got, English lit, whatever. Who's going to come out in year five and be stronger and more resilient and have a better future? The person who tried four businesses, all four failed. Uh, that Or the person who <laughs> came out of it here in year five with the English degree. I think we know the answer to that, clearly. You're going to have learned so much running those four businesses. And so that's what I want you to think about when you're making these decisions. Not saying don't go to college, saying don't go into debt, unless the debt is a clear path to a win. In the school is teaching you things that get you to the other side with a higher salary. And you can just look at things that don't take a salary. What jobs could you get? This is why I think maybe working for a year before you go to college is a fine thing to do too. We have a lot of stigmas about this. Oh, you went, you didn't go directly to college, you worked for a year? Oh my God, everybody's heartbroken. Why? Why are we funneling people into a broken education system that's overpriced for 90% of people and putting them into crazy debt when there are so many more options out there? I didn't have YouTube as an option to learn things. The business world was a closed ecosystem where it was very hard to figure out how to do it. Now all the answers are on YouTube, Quora, this podcast, you know, founder.university, countless other, you know, um, online education resources. So grow with Google, right? This is a career advancement program focused on in-job demands. If you haven't heard of that, go check out Grow with Google. You can complete these courses on your own, 10 hours a week. It's incredible. So just give up, as I've said many times, watching HBO, Netflix, Hulu, maybe take a course. Maybe get a job and go to school at night. Maybe challenge yourself. I'm gonna work four days a week and go to school three days a week. That's what I did, basically. I worked five days a week, I went to school at night. Whatever you do, please do not put yourself in debt. Now let's talk about Google. They in intentionally or created these job offers because they know they, they want to help society and they want to find people who can fill the in-demand jobs and they partner with employers for both hiring and upskilling their current workforce this is the idea there's not enough employees 1.5 million job openings with a 66 median salary for the jobs that are in google's program think about that for a second you could go to google right let's pull that up here job ready skills that will put you to work. We have such a broken education system that Grow with Google exists. Learn at your own pace, no experience necessary, stand out to employers, and a path to on-demand jobs. No experience necessary, there's 1.5 million jobs. Learn at your own pace, three to six months, stand out to employers, make your resume competitive with a credential from Google. 75% of programs graduates report an improvement in their career within six months of certificate completion. A path to in-demand jobs. 66k median average salary let's just pause for a second that 66k is higher than the bachelor's degree coming out of the average college as we talked about earlier so you can not go into debt you can do this in under six months 
This is incredible. So these kind of hacks are there. So you have to ask yourself, why are we pushing kids into a broken system and having them ruin their lives for 20, 30, 40 years? The answer is tradition. The answer is predatory loan companies, predatory schools, and kids don't think. So if you have a child in your life who's 17 or 18 or 19 years old, and they're going to make this decision, you have to do the thinking with them. So if you have a younger sibling or a cousin, or a child or a friend, you really have to pause and let them listen to this blueprint two or three times to understand that college is not the only path. And it may have traditionally been the best, but we took a heuristic, we took a rule of thumb, and we uh, let this rule of thumb exist for 20 or 30 years. But we never said, does it still apply? The rule of thumb that college is worth it. And college would get you ahead and higher education was uniformly worth it. That rule broke because colleges became too expensive. If colleges today, if the average debt was 10 or 20k, we wouldn't even be doing this blueprint, we would have saved it for another topic. The only reason we're doing this is because people are graduating with 40k 50k 100k 200k in debt. If again, if it was 10k like I had in those Pell Grants 9k, I easily paid it off. I was making 50 60k coming out of school in IT, let's make it 50 60k while in school, in fact, I think. So you had this very easy path and um, to pay that stuff back. That's what I want you to think about. The heuristic that higher education is always worth it is no longer true. Therefore, you have to question it and you have to make a better decision. You cannot rely on the rule of thumb. And in fact, the rule of thumb that I'm going to give you might be more appropriate for you. And that rule of thumb the rule of thumb is, can you learn this skill on your own for free? If so, do that first. If you can learn the skill on your own, because of your high executive function, please do that first, and then consider college. So I'm just asking you to give it a shot. And you can do it in high school, you can do it while at community college, but I want you to run a test for yourself a three to six month test. And if you run this test, the blueprint test, are you able to add a skill for three to six months, add a skill that's in demand in under six months? If you can learn an in demand skill in under six months, you are unstoppable. If you can't, then there's something wrong with you. You're broken in some way that you don't have that motivation, you don't have that executive function yet, and you're going to need to figure out why. I hate to talk to you this candidly. But an adult, who is successful in the world can sit down and say to themselves, I'm going to spend 10, 20 hours a week. I'm going to set a schedule. I'm going to time block this on my schedule and I'm going to add a skill. Now, six months is a long time. Maybe you want to just set a one month goal for yourself. I'm going to work for two hours a day for 30 days in a row, no days off, 60 hours in one month to learn video editing or to learn coding or no code or to learn Coda and Notion and, and Zapier to make you happier, you, you're going to learn some skill that's in demand. Do the 60 day challenge, do the six month challenge, learn a new skill, and then then evaluate and say to the people, why would I give you $50,000 a year? What are you going to teach me? And how is that after four years going to get me a better degree? I want you to challenge the college and ask them that what will you teach me in four years for $200,000? That'll get me a job that pays double 200,000. That's the benchmark, right? I want you to be able to whatever you invested make double. If you invested in a code school 
for $50,000 a year or $25,000 a year. Do you not think you're going to make double that as a developer? I think you are. If you did it for design school or a growth university, like a, you know, growth hacking university, if you spend 10 or 20K on it, are you not going to be able to double that in salary? Okay. If the college can't guarantee you that your total spend on what they teach you will get you double, I think you know everything you need to know. It's a luxury product, not a must-have product. It's not a good choice for you as an investment. So please look at this in the lens of ROI and then look to yourself. Do you have executive function? Do you have grit? Do you have resilience and the ability to use that grit, resilience and executive function to sit your ass down and shut the hell up and learn a new skill? The future is about skills, not degrees. If you cannot acquire skills, the degree is only going to set you further behind because all that debt then takes away from your ability because you have to service that debt instead of add new skills. Imagine being debt free and then just working at Starbucks or in an Uber or DoorDash or Apple store. So you got some way to pay your base, you know, living expenses, keeping your burn very low while adding skills. Now you're unstoppable. The unstoppable people in the world are the ones who can constantly add skills. I know what I'm talking about here because I invest in them every day. The five professional certificates you can earn for free at Google. I don't mean to make this a, a commercial for Google. There's a hundred other places for this. Digital marketing and e-commerce. Okay. Median salary, 51K. Job openings for digital marketing and e-commerce, 218,000. IT support, where I started my career, fixing laser printers and getting under desks and changing the cables before Wi-Fi existed. Job openings, 400,000. Median salary, average salary, 52K average starting salary. Data analytics. 74k salary 380,000 job openings project management fancy word for like building a tech product being a pm median salary 73k job openings half a million half a million folks ux design median salary 92 job openings almost 100,000 right now this is right now folks i tell you all the time sales project management, design, coding, building in the world. If you can't build anything, why do you deserve to get a job? If you can't build or service customers, the world doesn't need you, you're providing no value. But nobody has this discussion when you go to colleges. What do they show you when you go to college? They walk you around the campus, they show you the accoutrement, they show you everything but the ROI. Why? Because you're getting suckered. If they really were good at what they did at these fancy dancy colleges. And, you know, the DeVries and the other hit and run ones that DeVry paid a $100 million fine, huh? Tells you everything you need to know. I think guilty as charged when you pay a $100 million fine <laughs> settlement. I think it's because you're guilty. That's just my personal feeling. I'm sure they admitted no guilt. But my feeling is you don't pay a $100 million fine unless you're guilty as F. You, you listening to my voice right now, know what I'm saying is true. Google running this great thing is telling you the outcome. When you go to a college, they show you the quad, they show you Greek life. They show you the cafeteria, the sports center. What, what, what is this? You're, you're joining a private club? Or are you getting educated to go out and have a career in the real world? Don't get suckered, folks take all those discussions and be a jerk on the tour. Say, hey, tell me about the skills I'm going to learn. What skills will I learn in year one when I give you 50k? What years will I learn in year two when I give you 50k? Give me year three and year four as well. 
tell me the top five skills in 48 months. So I'm going to be here for almost 50 months. Every 10 months, I should get a skill. Give me the five skills. And then let me um, take those skills and tell me what jobs I qualify for and how many of those jobs are available. That's just what Google did. They told you you can, you can learn all six of these, all five of these in six months each. Okay, five times six is 30. That's half the amount of time you almost, that's 60% of the time you're going to be in college. So if it's 60% of the time you're in college, you can come out with five specific skills. You can be a project management, UX designer, data analytics, IT support, and digital marketing and e-commerce. You learn all five of those things on Google for free, basically. Okay. Okay, what are we talking about here, folks? If you were going to go 100K in debt, you could learn all of these in six months and do it in 30 months and have these five things on your resume. This is what's happening in the world, folks. This is the truth. The ROI of higher education is broken. The, the truism, the heuristic, the rule of thumb that college is always worth it is no longer true. College is, might be worth it at the right price. And I tell you, it's kind of hard to beat zero or $100 or $500 or $5,000 for a course that gives you a specific skill. Coursera, you know, uh, is the, the back end that does this and they have like 5,000 courses over at Coursera. There's a ton of places. All right, listen, I've already talked for 20 minutes about this. It's something I'm very passionate about. If you're a young person, you got a young person in your life, just sit there, listen to this once, go do some online research, listen to it the next week, and make a plan. And then when you go talk to colleges, I want you to evaluate colleges through the same lens, you're evaluating these online programs. And then I want you to challenge them and say, Hey, why is your program here at this two year college for your college better than me going to Google and doing it at home? Tell me. And they might say, Well, we have a, a lab here. And you'll have other peer students to work with. And uh, you'll get to, of course, be part of the social life here and, and, and build a network of people who are also going for a UX degree. Those would be valid reasons. That's what I would do if I had a college. I'd say, well, when you do the Google thing, you're at home alone. It's kind of lonely, right? If you come here, you're going to be with, we have 500 people in the UX program, and some of them will be ahead of you, some will be behind you, and you get to work on projects together and socialize. And of course, you're going to be in the lab for two or three hours a day, and there you're just going to be in front of your screen. So you're going to do projects in the lab, and we're going to teach you uh, much better than Google could ever teach you because we have uh, professors who will be sitting there and if you have a question you can ask them and they'll stay after class and walk you through stuff you don't understand which Google's not going to do that. That would be a great answer if they give you that answer. Okay, take that into account. And then you could put that against well, what if I hired a tutor because tutors cost 100 200 bucks an hour for like a high end tutor. So if you're going to go 50k in debt. I mean, <laughs> think about it, folks, like $100 an hour tutor of 500 hours, you can get 500 hours of one on one instruction. You realize how long that is? If you were doing 10 hours of tutoring a week, I don't know if you could even do 10 hours of tutoring a week. That's, that's a year of one-on-one, -on -one, 10 hour tutoring. That's, if you went to school five hours a day, it's two hours a day of one-on-one -on -one tutoring. That's when you start to realize like the ROI might be broken. You wonder where, where, where is that money going to in the colleges? How many administrators do they have? Who's getting paid all this money, right? Where is this money going to? Some endowment or whatever? The colleges need to justify their existence either by lowering prices or providing more value. And then you, you as the customer, look at yourself as the customer. You're the customer. And once you are have that agency, agency, another fancy word, which means like you make decisions for yourself, you're in control of your destiny. And so what agency means, you have to have agency, you have to be your own advocate. That's what the fancy word agency means. I always like to tell you what these fancy words mean. So take control of your destiny. Don't don't just put your destiny in the hands of tradition. Don't put your destiny in the hands of 
you know, some people who run the college or some heuristic that college is always a good deal. It's not always a good deal. Uh, make smart decisions and make thoughtful decisions. All right, here endeth the lesson. Blueprint number seven is in the can. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it this week in startups.com slash the blueprint. This week in startups.com slash the blueprint. I would be very helpful for me if you would send this to 10 friends and just say, hey, you know, have your kid watch this when they're 16 or 17 years old, and then email me back or just at mention me if it has some positive impact on a parent or uh, a kid making this decision or some group and, and tell me what I got wrong. Jason at calcanis.com for life. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.